Is this <clears throat> when uh, I go on the cruise ship? I don't so, think you would have been on the cruise ship at this point because you went in and auditioned around now for Nebraska Shakespeare. Are we in late with me in May. We're in January. January of four. The following year you were on the cruise ship again. Yeah. Got it. Cruise ship again. Yeah. Because didn't you weren't you in 03? Because you told the story during Looney Tunes back in action that you were like, yeah, that you were on a cruise ship. Because didn't you go twice on the cruise ship? Yeah, but I don't remember what years. It was 03 and 05. Was it? It was 05. Oh, oh, five. You were de- it was definitely oh, 05 because five. you were on the cruise ship when I uh, when I got married. Yeah. yeah. So I've just come off of the first cruise. Probably. Because that was a yeah. holiday cruise. That was that was over the holiday. I was there on Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, probably, yeah. Then so I could just, ish talk just, about it. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Leave all this in. No. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> this summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend. Read it R. Welcome to episode 89 of Opening Weekend. I'm Jason O'Connell, and I am once again joined by my dear friends Fred Berman and Dan Matisa. And this week, we travel back to January 16th, 2004. And that weekend's one major release, Along Came Polly, starring Ben Stiller, Jennifer Aniston, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Deborah Messing. And in honor of Ben Stiller's highly prolific output that year, we are christening this episode of Opening Weekend, Stiller Palooza 04, and hearkening back to two more of the six films Ben Stiller made that year, namely Starsky and Hutch, co-starring Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn, and Jason Bateman, and Dodgeball, a true underdog story, co-starring Christine Taylor, Vince Vaughn, and Jason Bateman, among many, many others. But before we dive into this very niche little film festival's offerings, where were we all in mid-January of 2004? I was getting ready. To propose to my now wife. <gasps> oh, yeah. Yeah. Wah, wah, wee, wah, 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 wiki. Wiki. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, because I proposed uh, on uh, early February, February 7th, I believe was the date. And so around now was the time that I made the decision to do it mm. and oh. start to do. Uh, uh, all my research and, and getting things ready. Yeah, I got the ring. I, I got the. Did you yeah, run it, it was, by either of us at this point? You know, it's so f- it's funny that you ask that because I was talking about this with Kate the other day, and she asked. She's like, "Did you did you talk to Jason and Dan about it at the time?" <laughs> I don't recall <laughs> no. if I did. I don't think I mentioned it to anyone. I think the wow. only people. Then why should I, you care what we think? No, no, no. It wasn't that. It wasn't like, oh, oh do you think I'm making the right decision? <laughs> I think I was just trying to really keep it a secret. But I don't know. Jason, do you, ah, do you recall? You Did I talk to you about it? I, I feel, but this is just, you know, in retrospect, your memory, I, I feel like you did, but. I may have. This just, pro- just might be ego. On my part, it might just be like, I must have known. I am all seeing. I, I had to have given it my blessing. Otherwise, it wouldn't have happened. I know I did that. I asked, you know, I, I asked for your blessing before I even went to her parents about that. I, I do remember that. Yeah. And 
you were like, but she's not my daughter. And I was like, but I thought she was. <laughs> I thought that's, this was a, an amazing story. I've told this story before to, to other folks, not on the podcast before. Uh, and Daniel taking interest in this. Cause last, I think it was last episode, we were talking about catering gigs mm. and the epiphany for me happened unfortunately or fortunately at a catering gig no. because we were, Kate and I, you know, we dated for several years and we were apart for about nine months. We got back together, uh, I think this last, this summer before of uh, the summer of, of 2003 mm -hmm. and things started up again. And, you know, we started to talk about, well, if we're back together, you know, this has got to be, there's got to be a sort of a, a, right. a bigger trajectory here. And anyway, I was... Uh, <laughs> I just finished a show or a month or so ago and I was, you know, we were probably a Princeton review and I was doing this catering gig Oof. for gracious time catering where we worked. And I mm -hmm. remember the woman who owned it, Judy, right? That was her name. Yeah. Yeah. Judy. Yeah, yeah. She was, she She's was, great. she took a shine to me, I think. And <laughs> for this particular, it was a big party. And she was like, listen, I'm going to put you in coat check because she knew it was like, and she sort of made reference that like, you know, it's easy and you're going to get tips and it's, you know, this is going to be a pain in the ass party. So just hang out in coat check. So I was in coat check and it was me. And this other woman, a slightly older woman, very lovely. Sorry for the sidebar. In catering, we throw people in Kochek who we don't want on the floor. We don't want them spilling things. We don't want them messing no. up. We don't want them spilling wine on an important guest. Kochek is like being in the, in the corner. It's like being put in the corner. No, I'm but just that's kidding. Such a good corner to be in. It is. You know it is. It's a, it's a reward. No, you're you're absolutely right. She probably did put you in there because she liked you. Uh, Dan's just jealous because he was at that event, like slopping swill around in yeah, a basin. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> I was probably, I was elbow deep inside of uh, a drain somewhere. <laughs> So I was at the coat check and the woman, you know, it was like the crazy rush. People were, you know, dropping their coats off. And then, you know, we basically have like, I don't know, four hours just to sort of sit and hang out, you know, while yeah. random people come and get their coats. And I remember the woman, you know, once we got that moment of calm, she turned to me and she goes, well, I guess we, you know, better get to know each other. And so we started to talk and oh. she was lovely. Um, and. Uh, you know, she asked, she's like, are you, you know, are, are, are you married? Do you have a significant other? Blah, blah, blah. And I started to talk about Kate. And I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm dating this girl. We dated for, you know, four or five years and we broke up and then we're back together. And I was telling her the story. And she, at one point at the end, she looked at me and she went, are you guys going to get married? <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah, I don't know. You're, you know, we're thinking about it. And she, I remember she looked me right in the eyes and she went, Fred, you have got to marry that girl. Wow. And I, I was <laughs> like, yeah, you're right. Like that was it. Her saying it, it was, there was such, there was such a clarity to it. Just like, what do you, I don't understand. You dated for this. Like the subtext right. was you dated for all this time. You know, you're obviously in love with her. You obviously make a great team. You're together. Like what? Like if she wants to be married, you know, it's like, that's the thing. If she wants to be married and you're like, I don't know if I want to be married, but you want to be with her, then like shit or get off the pot. Like that's what's it? the big deal? Exactly. Like just so, and it, it, it was so strange. Like this woman that I never met before, you know, say, do you send her a holiday card or something? Do you remember who it No, I never worked year? with her again. I don't remember her. Wow. I mean, I, I she can was see an it. angel. She was an angel. She's an above. angel. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's like in a movie when like somebody staggers up in a Santa Claus suit and you're like, oh, that's just some old drunk. But it's like, no, it's the magic, the spirit of Christmas. Yeah, no, that's, that's not drunk Mickey me. Rooney. You know, dressed did she, Santa Claus. At any point in the night, did she go baseball, baseball? Did that happen? <laughs> coat check, to coat check, girl. To do. Coat check, coat check. I love you. Here's your coat. But yeah, she is your coat. <laughs> Time to get married. Go back to episode. Oh, I don't care. Uh, she, yeah, it was, it was epiphanous moment. I don't know if that's a word, but it was epiphanous. And I said, yeah. And I remember I walked out uh, of, of the, the gig that night and I put a little, you know, that's when I still had the, uh, um, you know, like, uh, 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 date books, you know, when you weren't just putting all your stuff yeah. on your phone. All the old file effects. And I wrote down, I was like, call Peter Germano tomorrow. Peter Germano was a diamond guy that. That Kate's family was friends wow. with, or they knew, or they would go to him for wow. jewelry. And I was like, "All right, I got to get his number. I got to call him." And I called him the next morning. Wow! And I started to do all this research, and uh, yeah, and I went and I, you know, picked out the diamond, and I think I showed, wow. I showed Kate's sister Christina just to Aww. make sure. Like, and I, it was funny because at the time, like, I knew a lot about. This is me with everything. Like I do a lot of research about something and I know a lot about something. Like, so I knew everything about diamonds. I, I went in and the diamond guy was really impressed. He's like, wow, you know wow. your shit. Cause he was showing wow. me stuff. I was like, no, that's got, you know, a grade eight, whatever. I was all this technical yeah. stuff, but that's the thing. Like I'll learn all this stuff and I'll know it. I'll be an expert for like three weeks and then it's gone. I don't remember a goddamn thing <laughs> yeah, about sure. anything anymore. I know nothing about <laughs> anything. I sort of know how to get us going for this podcast. That's like, I know what buttons to press and that's it. And, uh, that's it. your brain doesn't need that anymore. No. You're buying diamonds for now. You needed to know because you didn't want to fuck right. that one up. Yeah. And then you're like, I, now I never have to buy a human a diamond again. And then your brain said goodbye to that. I mean, if you bought me a diamond, I would accept it. If you went that route, I wouldn't say no to it. Listen, if that coat check lady was here, maybe she can convince me. To go buy check, you. Check. <laughs> Magical coat check, yeah. lady. Just a, it's just a bishop's wife. It's a, your life was called the bishop's coat check. There's no bishop involved. <laughs> but Cary Grant, a Cary Grant-ish angel comes down. You've got to marry this woman. <laughs> coat check, coat check, Judy. <laughs> no, I wish I wish I knew who she was because she, you know, to this yeah, she probably has no idea. In your how, life. Yeah. I mean it, it was of it was not. it was momentous. So yeah, so that's what wow. that's what happened. It was probably right Jeez. around this time that it happened. Then it was just all the planning and getting ready for, you know, how I was gonna propose. And um yeah, it was it was it, it was it, it was exciting. It was exciting. It wasn't an elaborate That's proposal amazing. that you had planned and did very it go elaborate. As planned? Yeah. And I'll talk about, if we ever do February of this year, I'll go into more about it, but yes, it was a scavenger hunt all over the city. Oh, of course. Ooh. I remember. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. That's yeah. Brilliant. So it was very Ooh, elaborate. I had see. to go around and drop off clues and, and make sure everything was set ahead of time. And I was sort of, you right. know, one step ahead of her each time. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. It was, it was, it was really we're gonna, cool. We're going to come back to this year in mid-March. Is okay. that helpful? No, it's a, it's mid-March. Then it's side, done. Man. At that point it's done. 
I right. say well, talk about it anyway. It, so we'll never, ever know. <laughs> it was a scavenger hunt. scavenger hunt. <laughs> yeah, I left a note for her and uh, I won't go into the whole thing, but I left a note for her by the phone. I, I, I stayed over at her place and I left and then I called her and I, I woke her up and I just said, good luck. And I hung up the phone and prayed to God that she found the note. And she did. And it was all these cryptic messages and basically took her all over the city to places, you know, that had some significance in our relationship. And, uh, Aww. Yeah, it all. The funny thing. This That's here's here's, here's something funny. The day before, I walked through the whole thing just to make sure it would all work. <laughs> and one of the places was the Angelica, and that and because uh, we are we, our first date, we saw Life Is Beautiful, the Angelica, and so oh I God. I basically went oh. to all the places and I would talk to people and be like, hey, so tomorrow I'm doing this thing and blah blah blah, and I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna drop off this note, and and everyone that I spoke to was so like, oh my God, that's amazing. And I went to the Angelic and I spoke to the woman in the ticket booth and I was like, so listen, um, I have this ticket that I printed up for Life is Beautiful, for La Vida Sueña. And, uh, and um, you know, I explained what was going on and she was like, oh my God, that's amazing. That's so romantic. Great. You know, just drop it off tomorrow. This will be perfect. Then when I went the actual day, again, I was like an hour ahead of, of what Kate was doing on the actual scavenger hunt. I went and she wasn't there and there's this guy uh-huh. and I was like, so hi, so I'm doing, I'm, I'm proposing to my wife and I'm sitting her on the scavenger hunt and he did not get it at all. And I was like, so, uh, so I'm, she's going to pick up a ticket for life is beautiful. Uh, life is beautiful isn't playing here. No, I know, but so I'm going to give you, I printed up a ticket for Life is Beautiful. So she's going to ask, and he just kept going, yeah, but it's, it's, it's not playing here. It hasn't played here in a long time. So I was, no, 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 I know, but I'm going to give you, all you have to do is just, if someone asks for a ticket to see Life is Beautiful, and he just was, he was over it. So, but thankfully it all worked out. And did he do it or did you get did somebody it. else oh, yeah, to no, do it? No, it all, like it all went off. It, it, things could have really gone off the rail, but it didn't. Yeah. Everything like went yeah. off without a hitch wow. and she got to the end and yeah, proposed. She said yes. And boom, that's it. And when, that's when amazing. is the date? When will you be married? When will you get married? Still waiting. We still haven't <laughs> still waiting on it. Yeah. yeah. Still hemming yeah. and hawing. You need another yeah. coach check experience. I now really you have to actually do. do it, Fred. Coat yeah. check. Coat check. You should have had a, you should have at your wedding, you should have had the magical coat check. You know, like with a big heart around it. Like, see if you get lucky folks. See if you see what advice you get. <laughs> Good and then happen have hired that woman to stand in there and be like, yes. you know, predict your future. Yes. <laughs> like with a, like a seer. Like a fortune teller. That's she brilliant. was very, I remember she always reminded me of, of, she sort of had like a Gloria Foster feel about her from the Matrix. Oh, sure. So, sure. yeah, that, that would work. Yeah. Wow. Wait. Did you guys propose well, we to anyone? We weren't getting married. We didn't propose to anybody. Uh, brr, no, no proposal. I was, I was, uh, I was, I think, I think we figured out prior to the podcast that I had just come off of the big first time on the cruise ship. Is that accurate? So I've just come off of the first cruise. Probably. Because that was a holiday yeah. cruise. That was that was over the holiday. I was there on Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but probably. Yeah. Then so I could just, ish talk just, about it. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Leave all this in. No. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so it must have been just you early. Just got back, yeah. Early Jan when yeah. I when I got back. And the and uh, You were getting your land Crystal. legs back? Exactly. That's what I was proposing. I was proposing to walk again without going, whoa, and like, you know, falling into a wall because um, I was drunk. No, because of the uh, sea. 
the we the, but this was a long four month stint on uh, Crystal Cruises, which is now defunct. Um, they mm. are no longer in existence. But this was a six star gentlemen, six star cruise line, which is why they hired me because I'm the top notch <laughs> of all the notches of entertainment. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, no, I was nothing. I was no one. I was no one. But what was great was that um, we had uh, you three shows. Defunct. To the now defunct six star cruise and the line. noise, <laughs> the noise of me retching the no the, the 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 from the sea, not from the shows or my talent la talent uh, the uh, or lack thereof. <laughs> the shows we did were a night of Neil Simon scenes. It was like doing scene night again for Spectrum players right. back at Hofstra. So I had experience doing this. Uh, you, you brought your own cube out on. Right. <laughs> I brought an acting cube out and I said, ladies and gentlemen, witness the transformation. <laughs> they put four together. I bet it's a bed. <laughs> they, put, they, put a, they, put, they put in the long way and it's a couch. They put in the other way. It's a bed. Amazing. How do they do These it? These cubes are giving a stellar performance. <laughs> At least someone is. The two Jamokes pushing them. <laughs> <laughs> we did a night of Neil Simon scenes from uh, Odd Couple. Guess who I was? Um, the the slob. Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, although you're not that in life, but uh, but I, that's the that's the part. I would correct. Cast you You've yeah. got it right, Oscar Madison. Uh, we did a scene from California Suite. Guess who I was? Or Plaza Suite, one of those sweet things. Guess who I was? The sweet. Uh, Walter Matthau. Yeah, exactly right. You're exactly <laughs> <laughs> It was sweet. Sweetie pie. No, I no, was. The blocks played the sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I was Walter Many, Matthau. many blocks that day. That's right. Um, I was Walter Matthau. You're exactly you right. Get Walter out Matthau. of that bathroom, Mimsy. I was that guy. <laughs> I was Walter Matthau. And then the third scene was Fair from the Park. I was not in that. Um, we uh, did a play. I did a play called Fully Committed. Do you know this play? Sure, yes. yes. Love to do that play. Fully Committed is a one-person um, show where it's about a uh, a reservation taker at a high-end restaurant in, in New York. Um, and it's, you know, it's one of those like Le Bernardin type restaurants. It's very exclusive. And all you do in the show is answer phones and answer the intercom. And you uh, play a million different characters. And we did we did a little bit of a pared down uh, version of that for the ship. But it was crazy. And then... Uh, the third show was uh, David Ives was was three of the the plays from All in the Timing. Um, so it was fun. And we went from uh, we boarded the ship in New York and then we went up to Canada to like, you know, um, Quebec and to Montreal and places up there and Martha's Vineyard and and then down the coast and then the Caribbean. And then we went home. So we were in the Caribbean all through uh, the holidays. Um, so, so you were um, very tan around this time. No, I burn is the thing. So I try, I have to, I have to cover up like a schmuck and I have to, I have to, you know, walk around with the, I have to swim with the t-shirt on and always be wearing a big floppy hat. I look like everyone's nightmare of an American tourist. Yeah, I basically, (laughs) I basically Dr. Moreau or Dr. Merlot. Did you have the ice bucket? Or Elaine Elaine Stritch. (laughs) (laughs) I am the Elaine Stritch of cruise ship entertainment. Same thing. Yeah, it's the same damn thing with the white makeup uh, and Brando, uh, you know, the he white, wasn't wearing uh, pants in Suntan Moreau either. No pants. He certainly no. wasn't. No <laughs> pants. November and wow. uh, I was uh, uh, walking around Barbados and and uh, you know all everywhere else we went. 
I was, uh, this is right around my birthday when this movie came out. In fact, that that's, we, we had like Happy a little, birthday to you. A little party Ooh. at the Film Center Cafe. We went and had dinner. I think maybe you guys were there for it. I know Bob was. I know it was just like a little gathering of like just whoever was around. Like I think Susanna Khan was there, Amy Fitz. There were like, a, it was a handful of people. I don't remember going Went out that. and had some dinner at Film Center Cafe and then went and saw this movie for my birthday. That was along came Polly. It opened the night. Yeah, because it opened the night after. It opened the night after my birthday. Um, Mm. And uh, at this time, I was like, you know, it was a good. I remember it being a really good time. This is right when I. Right when I found out I was going to do Richard III the following summer, that I was going to play Richard III at Nebraska Shakespeare Festival. Yes. So I was really excited about that because I really wanted to do it. I had worked there the summer before. I had lobbied for the part, and then I got it. And I was like, I know, I remember I was doing a little off-off-Broadway show at this time called Claymont um, for the uh, this company I belonged to called Emerging Artists Theater. In fact, mm-hmm. I'm going to—oh, that's right. We talked about, I think, last episode. We, we did, yeah. About, Penny Pennyworth, yep. which was also oh, so good. emerging artists. And the funny thing is this March on two consecutive Mondays for their big anniversary, their 30th anniversary, I'm going to do a reading of Penny Pennyworth yeah, one Monday saying, and yeah. then Claymont awesome. the following Monday. No way. So, awesome. <laughs> so I'm going to revisit both of these plays. But anyway, so I was doing that show and I remember I had a, a small part I, I, in that. By the I way, was, I got to say, those are my those are my favorite moments when uh, Claymont would stop by the junkyard to see Sanford and, uh, <laughs> and his son. That's Lamont. Lamont. Wow. Oh. Not Claymont. Wow. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Fred. Every time you open up your mouth, you give away your ignorance. I remember I was doing that show and I I was reading, I had Year of the King, the Anthony Cher book, yeah. Year of the King backstage with me. And, cool book. And was reading that voraciously and just so, I was just so excited to sink my teeth into Richard III. So I was really happy about that. I was doing a lot of stand-up at this time. I was doing a lot of gigs at Caroline's. Um, Those were fun I shows. I was going to the gym every morning. I was getting, we, we were living together, Dan. I was up at 6 a.m. every day and I was going to the gym. I what? was like in, I was in very good Ooh. shape at this <laughs> But it was like a really like I don't know. It was a real like what gym I think in, I had, in Astoria, I my, Queens? Were you going to at this time or Long Island City? I can't remember the name. Stavros's gym. They had a no, baklava. No, no, it was really, you gave you a baklava <laughs> as you went in. And no, it was, a, it was a out. great. It was a great gym, and they would and they would. Really? I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went. Uh, I don't know if Bob had a membership there too at one point, but I would just go on my own. I don't remember who told me about it, but. I went and they would freeze my account when I would go out of town. It was good. For a few That's years, nice. they were really good. And then they stopped. They changed their policy. And I was like, well, no, I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm out of town too long. It doesn't make sense for me to... Yeah, you know, to to pay for the the account, the account when I'm gone, and then that's when I fell to ruin. So I, you know, I should have <laughs> just paid for it. So I would have incentive to go to the gym. Um, no, it was just it was a really it was a really good time. I was. I just remember that period very fondly, early 2004, really, really fondly. And mm. uh, you know who doesn't remember it fondly? Howard Dean. I think this is right when the, <gasps> the, uh, it was the Democratic primaries. <laughs> We're right around now. And I don't know when. I when think he it started starts yelling? second week. And he yelled, yeah, in New Hampshire. Oh he yelled and it just, it sunk that fucking that was shit it. for him completely. And wow. I remember watching it at our apartment with, with I think you were there at this point now, Dan. You must have been. Yeah, I had to have and, been back. And, yeah. and uh, Bob and Jeremy, and we were all watching like either CNN or MSNBC. And, 
And <laughs> Jeremy just laughed. He's like, oh, he's done. Like, we were all like, you know, watching it. We were like, <laughs> and it was. You just knew in the moment. You were like, this politician, he's like supposed to be the head of the pack. Like he's, you just yeah. could feel it. Yeah. yeah. Just that something in the way he screamed. It's all happening. T, T indeed. He's burning. He's burning. <laughs> T forever. Yeah. Oh, I had more to say about it and I'm not going to because that was the perfect. No, that was, again, chef's kiss brilliant mm. as a segue into our first film. And per that per perhaps the most memorable moment of our first film. Let it rain. Yeah! Along came Polly. Rain dance. I feel like I might be ready to get my life back on track. I'm going to ask Polly Prince on a date. Hello? You don't even know this girl, Ruben. You haven't seen her since seventh grade. Hi, this is Ruben. No! Please leave a detailed message after. Did you call me last night? Um, no, I don't think so. Ah! Rat in the house! <laughs> He's a ferret, so you can't really see anymore. Cute. This January. You know, I'm not really a big dancer. When you've never taken a risk in your life, the first one is always the hardest. How could you let Polly pick the restaurant? You know you got a weak stomach. Are you okay? You mind if I use your bathroom? Ruben Pfeffer, played by Ben Stiller, works as a risk analyst for an insurance company and has such an innate awareness of the potential dangers and pitfalls of daily life that he plays things as safe as can be when it comes to his personal affairs. While on his honeymoon with new bride Lisa, played by Deborah Messing, Ruben's carefully calculated and curated world falls apart when his wife has an affair with French scuba instructor Claude, played by Hank Azaria. A devastated Ruben flies home and reluctantly attends a party with his best friend, former child star Sandy Lyle, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, where he reconnects with seventh grade classmate Polly Prince, played by Jennifer Aniston, a beautiful free spirit who sparks Ruben's adoration and confounds his neuroses. Released in the cinematic dumping ground that is January, <laughs> Along Came Polly displayed impressive legs, opening with $27.7 million on its way to an $88.1 million domestic total and a worldwide box office of $178.3 million. Fred and Dan, what'd you guys think of Along Came Polly? This is one of those movies that was just went so under the radar. I don't know why, how I missed you going to your. I'm racking my brain now. Going to your know, birthday you party back and from seeing the it. ship yet? No, uh, I had to have been. Back. But you know what? I might have been doing is like going and visiting my. Not everybody went to the movie. You might have gone to dinner and then gone and done something else. Like oh, uh, like okay. It was like well, people split off into two groups. I remember. Well, or maybe I was in Jersey or something like that. But but um, it it, it got away from me. This movie. I didn't know anything about how prominent was Stiller at this time. He's everywhere. Sorry, Meet the Parents and Zoolander. Oh, those had already all come out? Yeah, Meet the Parents and Zoolander and, and something about Mary. I mean, he was, he he was, was big. big. He, he was, was big. big. And this Something was a, about Mary I definitely a, saw. 
a big year for him with yeah. six movies that came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our podcast episode today, Dan. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't know if you missed the intro when Jason explained all this. Coach Check <laughs> Angel, can you take us back in time to... <laughs> Where's the coat check angel? Wait, coat check angel's calling in from the heaven phone. You have to see Along Came Polly, Dan. You must. You must. Ben Stiller's been making movies. <laughs> ben Stiller's been making movies for years now. You have to see this. I refuse. I won't see it. I refuse That's to see right. it until I'm on a podcast You'll at age 50. You'll about it. Uh, no, but somehow it got away from me and I didn't see it until much, much later. I don't remember when I saw it, but I feel like it was on, uh, you know, it was at the, at our place, you know, you or Jeremy were like, oh, you got to see Along Came Polly. You got to see this. And then, and I yes. haven't seen it since, since, you know, since this week, the rewatch. And uh, it's really, it's, it's a, it's, it should be, I feel like up there in a higher echelon with, with great romantic comedies because it brings the funny. We, we have a lot of romantic comedies that we have looked at on this podcast and our biggest complaint, mine anyway, is not funny. They're not funny enough. They don't bring the funny enough. They bring the romantic part or try to, but best friend's wedding, it ain't funny. You know, and other ones aren't funny. This one's really funny. And it's because it has great characters and it's a great setup. Great is this cast. based in any yeah. way on Barefoot in the Park? And I mentioned that play earlier. It I feels like I Barefoot in the Park as far so. as, you know, the free spirit versus the stuffed shirt. Right. Or Dharma and Greg or something. I mean, there's a lot yes. of things yeah. of, it, of even this time that are in that vein. I, I really love how the... I got to say, like... I mean, the, first, like, can I just say that that was the first mention of Dharma and Greg in probably... Two, three decades. I don't think anyone's like you saying those words. Like I have not heard those words since the show was on. And I, ne- I don't think I have watched one single episode of that show. I never saw. Wow. It, that's crazy. Like a- Every time you open up your mouth, you give away your ignorance. Um, I like the movie. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. No, I like I like how the whole uh, I, 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 I like how it has. For a movie like this, which is kind of slight and ramshackle, and it, it was like it had bad reviews, and I think it was released. Did it? In this, okay, so maybe that's it had, why it I had avoided weak it. reviews. It had weak reviews, and and it was it's released in, to me. It's it's an odd time for a movie like this with this many big actors to be released. To be released in early or mid January is really not. I mean, I guess it starts becoming the time for things like. 27 dresses and the wedding planner this does become like a like this is romantic comedy time like they like to have something in the theaters leading up to valentine's day okay right of course it did feel like so i think this was around the beginning of that kind of trend where it was like you take a movie with some stars and you place it in this post-holiday window but it also had the the kind of I don't want to say the the stink on it, but I mean, there is something about January. It is like the dumping ground. Sure. And you're like, mm. and I guess people felt like, well, this is kind of like just a cobbled together variation on it's something about Mary or As other Dan things. As Dan says, you know? ding, 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 ding. Oh. Yeah, but I don't think it's anything like that. I don't think, I actually think it's not. And I think mm-hmm. I, it's got a killer cast. It shouldn't be as, I mean, I mean, just Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. Fan fucking was he getting big at this time? What were his, what was his big he was besides everywhere too. Yeah, yeah. Was the next he? year was Capote. I mean, so next he was year huge. was Capote. Wow. Yes. So he was just about this would to. Have, this would wow. have felt like 
in a way, this seemed like slumming at this point, it was, or not slumming, but it's not the type of movie he was making. I mean, he was he was huge already at this point, and was he? And yeah, and this is such a detour. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what was his biggest up to here? It, 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 we we know he was great in uh, Hua. We know he was great in Hua. Scent of a Woman, Boogie Nights, Magnolia. I mean, he'd done all the PTA stuff. He'd done that movie Flawless with De Niro. You know, he oh, was he was getting leads. He had been an Oscar nominee at this point. So for what? yeah, yeah, for Flawless. Really? Yeah. At this I've point, he was that. like the guy. You know, he was like the Gary Oldman of his time, the Sam Rockwell. Like he was that. You're like, oh, that's the dude. He's like the best of our generation. T, T, come on, I'm burning. And just popping up everywhere and just we're, we're just waiting for that one big thing, which ended up being Capote. But and Aniston is a major star at this point because of Friends. Huge. Yeah. yeah gigantic. Friends had just ended. So this was like one of his oh, first ended. movies uh, post Friends. Dan doesn't remember anything. I that, don't that remember. I, I judge everything pre Leprechaun and post Leprechaun when it comes to Aniston. <laughs> Well, this, is post. this is pre, this is post. This is after this Leprechaun. This is post Leprechaun. This is and after, after I, the horror show, the abject horror show that was She's the One. This is long after that. Yeah. Yes, long yeah. after that. Frank, Almost those memories are in that. everyone's yeah. past. By, I don't by think I time. saw this on uh, your, br- I think I might I have been not. at the dinner, uh, but I didn't see them because I don't remember seeing this in the theaters when it came out. I have no recollection. I remember seeing it. On cable, I, I I feel like, and for a long time, for a long time, really until I rewatched it the other day, I could not stand it. I hated everything about this movie. No. Because. <laughs> it's a lovely movie. It drove me nuts because everything you're saying, I absolutely agree. Like the perform, it's all great performances. Philip Seymour Hoffman is is amazing. Alec Baldwin. Alec Hazaria. Baldwin is hysterical. He's hilarious. I heard about your honeymoon. Just terrible. I knew that girl was a slut the second I met her. Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of complicated. I mean, it's, hey, you know. don't make excuses. She's a dime store hooker and she always will be. Just put it behind you. Speaking of which, I was worried that you'd been through hell and back with that uh, who or wife of yours. You sure you don't need some more time off? Mm-hmm. I'm good. Absolutely sure? Yeah, no, fine. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, good things. It was the idea. Idea of the movie, I was like, "This is just fucking lazy Hollywood saying, oh, something about Mary worked. Let's do something along came Polly. We it's not Mary, but it's and it was the idea of the movie that mm. it was the it, for some reason it was the first time that my eyes were really open to like." Oh, no one fucking cares. They just <laughs> wanted to paint by numbers and be like, let's let's try to capitalize on what we had and do the same thing. Mm. And at the time, look, I, I was, and I still am, I love Ben Stiller. And I was a huge Ben Stiller fan. I was a huge fan of his MTV show. I was a fan of him on Fox, the, the Fox show that he had. Like, I was a... I was a Ben Stiller oh, yeah. fan before a lot of people really knew who he was. I, I was, he was, I was like, you gotta, I would always tell people like, you gotta watch the show. Like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is, but he's doing like weird Tom Cruise impersonations. And like, <laughs> it was crazy by this, at this point I was sort of, all right, enough already. Even though 
<laughs> and I've talked about this before on the show. It's like this irrational thing where even though I still like the person or the entity or whatever it is, if there's too much of it and then suddenly everyone loves it, I'm like, eh, enough. Yeah. So I'm sort of <laughs> like, ah, okay, uh, enough with it. And this is just, it just seems, so I like, I didn't see any of these, these three movies. I didn't see any of them when they first came out because wow. I don't know. They all Even smacked of, of, what's that? No, I didn't, didn't see it when it first Do- came out. Wow, no. Fred. Oh it my God. Was, and I they, saw all of them the day they opened. Yeah, the they, they, they opened. all smacked to me of, okay, I get it. We've seen this before. Like it's happened mm-hmm. before. I know. Okay. They did Charlie's angel. They did. I spy. Now they're doing the, the I, oh, yeah, I, I just didn't have an interest. Um, yeah. And, what to me with these three movies, I was thinking about it, not to jump the gun, but you've got one movie that knows exactly what it's trying to be and what it is. You've got another movie that doesn't really know what it is and is like <laughs> in between these two worlds. And then you've got this movie, which is just trying to be something else. I feel like it's trying to be something else. Um, and. You now, think it's trying to said, be Farrelly Brothers-ish? You think it's trying to be too much Farrelly Brothers-ish? That's, to me, that's what it was, that it was, it was people coming together saying, let's make, let's do this. Now, I will say, <sighs> in watching it again, when I watched it the other night, I definitely enjoyed it more. I still don't think it's a great, it, it's weird. It's a weird movie and I'm conflicted about it now because it has so many great elements. There are, yeah. like there's no denying. Yeah, Dan, I laughed a lot. You know, mostly yeah. the Philip Seymour Hoffman, the Alec Baldwin, the Hank Azaria, the Brian yeah. Brent. Like, I, I did laugh. Yeah. But in the end, I don't, it, it, nothing, none of it added up to anything to me. I didn't, I didn't care really? as much. Um, it's weird with, with there's something about Mary. Like, that movie's so ridiculous. Like, you shouldn't care about yes. them at all because it's so silly. It's absurd. But they sort of play into that absurdity. Like, this woman just has this oh, weird yeah. magical power that every single person who comes in contact is in love with her. This one this one has a bit more heart. I will say that. Yeah. But it never, yeah. it, it, it never gets me because I'm just seeing... The, you know, it's like it, I'm seeing them trying to paint by numbers with the, oh, there's something about Mary had the dog that got electrocuted. This, we'll give this a blind ferret. Again, very funny, but it just seemed like it was putting it into place. And like the toilet scene, again, funny. And I I recognize it as like a, that's like such a great fear, I think, of like you, that that's what you don't want to ever happen on your first date. Right, right. Um, but, but too I much like know, the other toilet just, scene, where it's it, it's sort of I see you you're just kind of saying it's 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 something about Mary Light. Yeah, or like we've got to give it these moments. There's got to be the weird quirky animal. There's got to be a really mm. embarrassing moment for Ben Stiller in a bathroom. Um, What's the to- oh right, of course, of you course, know. Yes, of course. I, and then I rem- um, yeah. I remember the first time I watched it when it, it got to that the the end with the dad giving the speech. Yeah, that was the moment where I was like, "Boo, boo, boo!" Oh, no, I really I, like that. <laughs> oh, I hated it. It was just again. It was that mo- like now wow. let's take this moment of the the dad and give him some. Nothing seemed earned to me, um, but it, I didn't hate it this time. And it, there's so much to like about it, but it doesn't do anything for me. And and 
that's the weird thing. That's what I'm conflicted about. Like mm, she's, yeah. she's adorable in it. I, I still like that. There's no one that I watch. I'm like, Oh, they stink. I like right. everyone in it. I think everyone's doing a good job. I just Do don't, I'm not crazy about what it adds up to. I, I wonder if, I wonder if the writer director, this John Hamburg, if he had this lying around, if he had this on a shelf somewhere, if he had the, if he had been shopping this around, I have no idea if this is true, but then uh, something about Mary comes out. Then people go, okay, we need another thing that we already have out there that's being shopped around or that's being bandied about Hollywood. That's like that so that we can capitalize. I mean, it's probably is exactly what you're saying, Fred. I just wonder if it was crafted to be uh, something about Mary light, or if it was already around and they went, here's another package. Here's another product that we have. That's like this thing that everyone already is throwing money at. Here's what it feels like to me. Something about Mary was six years earlier and there were many imitators in like, over the, that time, this is. I didn't realize it was that much. In earlier. terms of okay. this having, uh, like, you know, there are many movies that were riffs on something about Mary before this. I get the ferret. It feels like the element that is like the. There are studio elements that feel like, oh, this is like the thing you put into a romantic comedy. This is the thing you put into a Ben Stiller comedy. This is the thing that you. Yeah. And there's a lot of movies at this time that do that, and you will see it in the other movies too, where there's all this like DNA that sprinkles down through these so interesting romantic You're comedies. Right. Or this, these, I want to call them like Saturday Night Live comedies, even though nobody was on Saturday Night Live because because they are these repertory companies of actors. It's like for a hot second, but I mean, this is the time, and we're going to see it in these other movies. You put all these movies together that we're talking about today, and it's really it's It's a stark. It's a rep company. It's it everybody's is, yeah. in right. everything and everybody's connected to everything. And the senses of humor are all, yes. it's, it's all like you're, 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 you're churning, you're playing in the same ball pit with, <laughs> with, with everyone. And, and so there's lots of similarities between things. And like I say, like this is because it's the romantic comedy and it's got Ben Stiller. It's got a very something about Mary, like feel at times, but honestly, I think that was more the marketing. I think that's why the first glance at this movie is off-putting. Because, like, along came Polly. It looks like there's something about Mary. It feels like that. It feels like it's trying to evoke that. It absolutely is. It's got the little, the cute little weird animal on a leash next to them, which is exactly what the marketing campaign for Mary had with the dog in a full body cast. It's... But that's more Put upon Ben Stiller, you know, it's the same. Well, that's that's what he does a lot of the time. If you liked this, you'll like this. That's what's so interesting about Dodgeball is that he really gets to play a character that because that's what he comes from. Watching Dodgeball, you're like, oh, that's the Stiller show. That's what he's doing. We'll get to there. But, you know, right, right. Mm. There's two veins of Ben Stiller. And one yeah. is the <laughs> meet the parents. Something about Mary along came Polly put upon Bain, which yeah. he does so sure. brilliantly. Yeah. And then he's he, the wild character stuff. And then you've got something like Starsky and Hutch, which just, just falls in between. Is, is not. But uh, <laughs> I don't mean to get ahead. But uh, so so all of that is true. But I actually think because I remember thinking like, yeah, this is going to be so slight. It's not going to be anything. I found it not only very funny, like with like a, a, like a, a murderer's row of fucking supporting actors in this. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Everybody's top notch. Yeah. And I thought I was surprised by how, how strong I thought the themes were in it. I, I really 
loved Jennifer Aniston in it because she's not just playing Rachel, which it seems like at first glance, oh, well, there she is. She looks like Rachel. She's Rachel. She's Jennifer mm. Aniston. She's not. It's a very kind of subtle, interesting performance. The the flightiness of her, the kind of, she's just a very, I think a very full character while maintaining something that is intrinsically like the appealing Jennifer Aniston that we we know. Everything that we like about her when we see her in Friends or another movie is there. And yet it's just dialed. She's just, I think she's very deft in her in her performance. Would you like to go to dinner sometime? Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, I, I'm not I'm not sure. Okay. Really? I mean, I, not that I, I would. Mm. I'd like to. It'd be great mm -hmm. to catch up on stuff and all that. I, I just I, I got to check my schedule. All right, well, you know what? How about I'll uh, give you my card? There you go. Yeah. Okay. Ah. And on the back, I've written my home and my cell number, so uh -huh. uh, there's also a fax number. Right on. And, um, and there's a pager number, too. Ruben Pfeffer, Senior yeah. Risk Assessment Analysis. Right. <laughs> Analyst. 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 Yeah. Right. And Stiller is is also great. Like, again, he's on like this sliding scale of how neurotic he is from movie <laughs> to movie or how much in control he is or whatever. But I yeah. think he's doing a really good job as well. And yes, and, and the supporting cast is fantastic. I, 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 you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Alec Baldwin, I can't get enough of. I thought yeah. Deborah Messing was great. You feel for her in this, even though she's written as a, 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 a villain right from the start, basically. But when mm -hmm. she comes back, she's not playing actor, it shallow and mwahaha when no. she comes back at all. She's playing it like I made a big mistake. She's got tears in her eyes and it's like that's it's very no, hard. Yeah, it's, it's very hard to not right. feel for her. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I just think it's is think it, so good. It's a very he's so good. It, He's wonderful as he is in everything. I, again, he turns up again, right, in Dodgeball, and he's just right. So, that's right. Mm -hmm. he does. Uh, you know, oh but my it, God. even the bit, the bittiest bit players in this, like Bob and I, you've heard us say this all the time. The guy, the guy who sells the nuts in the last oh, scene yeah. when Ben Stiller <laughs> is, is rubbing the nuts on the ground, and that guy that just cuts to him, he's just like. Oh, please don't eat those. Please don't eat those is maybe the greatest line <laughs> in Along Came Polly. And so uh, it's spoken by a, a veritable extra. I don't know. I really enjoy this movie, but I, it is slight. It is, it is, it's not like one of the great comedies of the aughts or one of the great Ben Stiller movies even, but it is, I don't know. It works for me and I've seen it many, many times and it, it never not works. And I don't feel the, the, the crassness that, um, that you're talking about, Fred, I get why a person would see all of that in it and feel that way about it. It just never struck me that way. You know what it is? It's, you know, you said something about Mary came out six years earlier. Now, in many ways, this is, this is in terms of all the moments and the actors in it, this is probably a, it's, I, I there's probably more laughs in this movie than I get from something about Mary. Really? Really? Wow. Possibly. I, I don't know. You know, movie, I, it, but, it's, yeah. but, but it just seemed at the time, and I'm, look, I'm glad I rewatched it, you know, and, and I, I have a, a more of an appreciate, again, I, 
if, if Ben Stiller or Jennifer Aniston or cause I know they're big fans of the podcast. If anyone's listening to this podcast, uh, <laughs> yeah. they're all, no, I love them. I think they're, they all do great work in this movie. There's not a bad performance in the movie. No. It was just the idea of it that even six years later, it was like, since something about Mary, like you said, yes, there was imitation after imitation after imitation. And there was just, there was just type of movie that was coming out. So this was almost like in the way that we talked about with, um, 27 dresses, how several years earlier, this form of romantic comedy, this like Kate Hudson style, yeah. uh, and again, not to denigrate Kate Hudson at all, wonderful, but this style of romantic comedy started and it was like 27 dresses was almost like the death knell. Like we saw so many of the same kind of movie and then it was that. And it was like, we're done. That's what I felt with this when it came mm-hmm. out. And when I finally saw it on cable or whenever it was, that it was for all the, we'd had all these movies leading, you know, one after another. And now it's this and like, okay, let's just be done with this. Let's move on to something else. But again, conflicted because there's, there, there is some hysterical, I mean, I, you know, I showed my, I showed Izzy, we were playing basketball over the summer and I was like, oh, you got to watch the let it rain sequence, you know? And now we say that every time, you know, we shoot hoops or anything. And it's, there's, there's so many Fred, fun Fred, moments. it's yeah. Kochek Angel. It's Kochek Angel. Why can't you commit? Why can't you just commit to your love of this movie? Why can't you engage, engage, yes, just right. be engaged in your love of it? You're right. Why Ten can't shields. you cross that? Finally, finally. No, I'd give this like a five. Only because. Oh. Scavenger hunt your way to a six. <laughs> a 6.5. Scavenger hunt find your way, your way to a six. Find your way towards a seven. It's, you know, for me, it's, it's one of these things where, ah, oh God, I don't know. Watch, the, like I'd rather watch the individual scenes than watch the whole movie, I guess. It doesn't, the, the movie but do you itself. Feel it's recommend, you feel it's not recommendable to people, like people shouldn't, you know, waste their time No, with I guess it, that's why I was you, giving it a five. Like I, I, I. You're just I think on people, that line. Okay. So you're then right maybe a six line. or seven. And that's not a, te- well, it's not a terrible movie. That's the thing. I guess I feel like five is, that's a 50. That's below failing. So, all right. Going with that, 75, 7.5. Wow. You've done it. You've done it, Fred. <laughs> You've got him way up. Well, I'm only Thank going you, by that Angel. metric. I'm going Thank by you. the actual grade metric. It's not a, well, that's, they're all yeah, wonderful. Well, they're really, I mean, the performances really are great. Just something about the movie just so sticks much. in my craw. It just, it, it, I still can't push that initial I, 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 feeling I, I had yeah. away. I think you're, yeah, yeah, and it makes sense. You're like kind of stuck on what's the genesis of this? Why did you do this? Maybe it turned out better than a lot of the others or maybe, it, you know, but- but there's something about there's something about Holly that <laughs> Jesus <laughs> that is uh, no that, that you do you you're like I see what you're doing I see you like the Navi <laughs> I see you Yikes. and I don't like you yeah. I don't like what you're about but but it's like but you do a lot of these movies like you could do like <laughs> you and I don't like you no but you could do like 15 of these like does someone say uh, that Jennifer in the Lopez one? is a single mom who everybody thinks is ugly and she falls in love with somebody and you could be like oh my god how many of these romantic comedies are we going to see yes. and like and maybe the the first fifth and twelfth of those are actually quite good mm. and you say like oh but it doesn't have any you know but the you're you can't help but judge it based on We've seen this so many times before, or this That's feels what like a variation yeah. on something. Even if it is a successful variation or a a better than True. average variation on the theme, 
the fact that it seems to be going to a well that you've been to before is is, is off putting. I, I get yeah. that. I think that was kind of the knock on it from the beginning. Um, I don't know why it kind of delighted me right away. Like I was, I was really funny right from the first time I saw it. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I do get it, but I, I, I tend to be the same way about like having a radar for like, oh, this is. They're just trying to cash in on something else. And, and that tends to turn me off. But for some reason it, yeah. it didn't with this right. one. Danny, what's uh, I God, I hope that somebody in the second Avatar movie says, I see you and I don't like you. I don't like, I don't like what I'm seeing. I do see you, but I'm just not into what I'm seeing. I, hope I, hope me. I, don't I, hope work, I don't work blue, first of all. Oh, thank you. Did you see what I did there? Oh, fat fucks. I'm going to go eight on this. I enjoy okay. it. I enjoy it very much. Um, and uh, I, because I have no, what I'm realizing is that because I have no frame of reference for the time things happened, oh. everything happens now. So for, for, <laughs> for, for my, everything everywhere all at like, once. I like exactly. a baby. <laughs> like a baby. <laughs> or a dog or a really dumb dog who's right. like, oh, you're home again. I left for two seconds. Oh, it's six years between this. Oh, she's not on Friends anymore. Oh, Ben Stiller's a major star at this point. None of it matters because I'm seeing it now for the first time and going, that's, oh, look at that. Look at that actor. Yeah, that's Jennifer Aniston. She's an A-list star, <laughs> dummy. Well, what's she done? What else has she done? I give it eight. That's fantastic. I'm also an eight. Yeah, I'm I'm eight, maybe even an eight point two five. Maybe I'll Ooh, inch it up. Do it, inch it up. Do it. I really do love it. it. I, I've, I've always enjoyed it so much. Jason, it's Kojak Angel. If you if do you it. believe in love, Jason, do you, it. You'll commit oh, to an eight point two five. Do it. Do it. Do it. I'm doing it. Eight point two five. Are you the Kojak Devil, Fred, with that voice? Do it. I'm. You're not getting. Oh no. I'm segueing. He's segueing. Do it. I'm going to go do it. Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and Hutch. Starsky. They say do it? It's at the point that you fell asleep. They dress up as other characters. They, that was the only goddamn thing I remember from that movie. I had the sound turned down. Starsky and Hutch. Go! In the face of danger, they're smooth. I like your style. I like your moves. In the line of duty, they're explosive. Stop shooting my car! And when it comes to fighting crime, they know just how to. Do it. Do it. All right. From the director of Old School and Road Trip. I know some people that know some people that rob some people. Ben Stiller. Owen Wilson. Which one do you like if we're going to stick to this? Well, I've always had a thing for blondes. Because I'll take anything. Starsky and Hutch. High-strung workaholic David Starsky, played by Ben Stiller, and laid-back ladies' man Ken Hutch Hutchinson, played by Owen Wilson, are detectives who patrol the crime-ridden streets of Bay City, California in the 1970s. When the murdered body of a drug dealer is found on a local beach, Starsky and Hutch follow the clues to repeat offender Reese Feldman, played by Vince Vaughn. But time and again, the mismatched cops fail to apprehend the shifty Feldman, while under their noses he goes about planning his biggest trafficking operation yet. Starsky and Hutch is a head-scratcher of a production, too much like the source material to play as pure comedy and too silly and inconsequential to create tension or have real stakes. A rare stiller misfire in the early aughts, Starsky and Hutch nevertheless took in $28.1 million over its March 5th opening weekend, going on to bring in $88.2 million domestically and $170.3 million inexplicable dollars worldwide. <laughs> Fred, Fred and Dan, what do you boys think 
of Starsky and Hutch. Well, you you nailed it, you know, in your intro right there that it doesn't it doesn't go far enough in either direction. And that's no. what I was referring to earlier when I said, you know, one of the movies knows exactly what it is. One is trying to be something else. And this is the one that I don't think knows what it is or wants to be. I didn't see this movie when it came out. Same reason I said before, I was like, I don't need this. It's, it was, it just seemed <laughs> this like. I don't need. It just, <laughs> this I don't need. I don't need. It, now you, you give me a remake of Sanford and Son with Lamont. And you do that, I'll, that'll go. Um, Every time you open up your mouth, you give away your ignorance. Uh, I found it interesting that it was Todd Phillips. Um, yeah. o- only because. You go, okay, well, then he finally he finally does go full 70s with the Joker, where he's like, okay, I'm going to go with like a full, you know, 70s fetishism with with that feel, mm-hmm, you know, for yeah. depending, you know, if, if you if you like the results or not. Some people didn't. But um, I know mm-hmm. you didn't, Jason, raising his hand. Like so, yeah, that was the thing. Again, Ooh. you have this really good repertory company of comedic actors, all very likable. You know, like I liked what Ben Stiller was doing. I liked what Owen, you know, Owen Wilson does, he does Owen Wilson and no one does it better and he's really good. Um, But it was, yeah, I'm like, wait, I don't understand. Is this like silly anchorman, like lampooning seven? Like you either do it like you're lampooning that style of television show or you do it almost, I don't want to say like Michael Mann's Miami Vice because with this cast, but you can, and, and I, I will say there were a few moments where I, where I thought, oh, okay, I'm seeing what he's doing because there were a few shots. Some of the camera work, they really were straight out of 70s TV. Like the, it the close up. Just like the TV show a yeah, few times. Like yeah, some of the yeah. zoom ins and just the setups and the music. And I sort of thought, I kept thinking, oh, I wish they would go further with that because you start, I mean, the movie starts with a cold blooded murder on a boat, you know, and, and there's nothing really funny no. about it. And Vince Vaughn isn't playing it for comedy. No. And it's weird because it, it it's, it's a strange disparity because you're seeing these actors who are known for more, you know, broad comedy or, or more the, a style of comedy. Right. And you're expecting that, but they're not really playing it. It's not really going in that direction. So that's why it's a really, I didn't. It's a, it's a weird misstep. It doesn't make, and you don't get what they're about. You don't yeah. Get what the, and why, the point was. why are they doing this? Like they, it, 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 the movie, I just kept thinking, well, this is harmless. I didn't think it was bad. Um, everyone, they had good chemistry, but I don't see the point to it. I don't see why I would ever want to watch it again, as opposed mm. to, uh, okay. So as opposed to, uh, to, um, um, along came Polly where, I was like, "Ooh, get left me with a bad taste in my mouth." But I will go back and revisit scenes. I will revisit sure. the Philip Seymour Hall. I will quote from that movie. You know, that's the weird. Uh, that, that that's the dichotomy. That the strange, you know, paradoxical thing of that movie with me. That like, there's something about it that bothers me. But I love the performances, and I'll quote from it, and I'll show people scenes from the movie. Yeah. This, there's really nothing other than the 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 pony scene. You know, where he's shooting in the garage and, and he, he kills the pony. <laughs> oh, yeah. Other than yeah, that. Like, I think I laughed like t- t- 
two or three times I, in a two-hour movie yeah. uh, with all comedians, all right. comic actors. Well, my it first chuckle, my first chuckle came in the Will Ferrell scene. Will Ferrell, you know? yeah, that was, was the fir- that was the first time I chuckled at all, and yeah, then I started to have the same kind of reaction you're having, Fred, and going, "What's not? What's not working here?" Uh, oh, the, the movie has an identity crisis. It doesn't know. Now, I didn't watch Starsky and Hutch. I was too young for it, you know? Yeah. So the first thing I did after watching this movie was watch the first episode of Starsky and Hutch. Oh. Because I had never seen a second of it. And so of real Starsky and Hutch with David Soul yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and um, uh, Gla- uh, what's the name? Glazer? John Paul Glazer? Yeah. yeah. Paul Michael Glazer. Paul Michael Glazer. Paul Michael Glazer. And they're great. seems, yeah. You know, Do they the, have a dynamic like these characters? Because that's well, what I was. I was like, these guys are playing into the Owen Wilson, Ben Stiller dynamic, where right. one's uptight and one's loosey goosey. Hey, everybody, Ish. it's a party. They, I, again, I only watched what they're like in the TV show. I, I only watched the that, one episode. But. I only watched the one episode, but certainly, you know, Starsky is into his car. He definitely wants, you know, his, <laughs> he's certainly into the car. The um, car is the best part of the movie. And yeah, I had it's a an awesome Hot car. Wheels version of the car when I was a kid. That's the only Did thing I know you? about yeah, Starsky and Hutch is. I had the car. I had a little car, and that, and I loved it. And that's it. That's all. And I know that about went up Star- against Star- your uh, incredible. Hulk and I would like Starsky's sweater. Kate and I were watching. She was like, "That's a nice yes. sweater." <laughs> I, you know, that, I was like, "Yeah, that I I could dig that." I well, and they have the look right. They have the hair. They have the hair right. They have the popped oh. collar right. They, they, I mean, yeah. they look like the actual guys. And and. Right. Yeah, um, which in even, case you uh, didn't get it, then they have to bring the real guys in at the end, which was just such a in boo. case to give it their blessing. That was yeah. boo. Um, you know, uh, 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 um, Fred the Hammer Williamson guys, is but- playing it exactly mm-hmm. like the chief from the old from the old show. Um, Snoop Dogg's doing his own thing, and Snoop Dogg, I think, is kind of delightful in this, especially in yes, the golf he's really scene. Um, but is um, he? Oh, yeah, I think he's, I think he's fun. fun. Yeah, yeah, he's I was like he's get, like the idea, like oh, Snoop Dogg is Huggy Bear. Is it's a better good, idea. Like a, than, you're it's right. It's a good idea for three seconds in your mind. But that's the and whole movie. Like, he's got a lot of scenes. It's a good. It's a good idea. Let's let's do. But nothing nothing comes. I, of it. I agree with you. But at least have an actor. <laughs> I like Snoop Dogg. Have a funny actor. I thought it was okay actually. I thought Juliette Lewis was completely wasted, as she often well, is. And, and, and so was and so do. was Jason Bateman. So was Jason yes. Bateman. Jason totally, Bateman does nothing. Totally. The other women are you know Amy Smart and Carmen Electra. They got nothing. Do nothing. Like, like they just have. There's so many they people who have nothing to really do. Right. In the, this the, movie, the bigger problem here is that you have to have a point. You have to have some sort of a point of view on the source material. Yes. You have, yeah. to, ha- you have to. You can't just go like, wait. OK, here's my question. Brady Back Bunch to, movie. Charlie's Angels. They go. have a take on it. It's like, yeah, a there you go. Take oh, on they, this, that maybe that's what they're trying to do here is a Charlie's Angels is because that might be the closest in DNA because that's not really a spoof, although at times it is because it's not a full on really comedy. Works. That one it works. works. It's like both. It has. It, but it's not a full it's firmly right? in cheek and it has really kind of fun action stuff too. It's well, kind of got both going on and great performances and a little, it, some great performances. Some sure. Art. This doesn't, maybe this wanted for, wanted to aim for that that's kind of sweet spot. That's what I'm trying to figure out. But it's a, that's a tricky thing to do. Brady Bunch Very. goes so, or a lot of these 
you know, you can make a choice. 21 Jump Street is also a good example. I don't know if you've seen those movies. They're both excellent. They're really funny. They have the Lord and Miller, that pair, like they have a very Mm -hmm. like skewed sense of humor. The actors they put into it, much like these, you know, capable of like really being hysterically funny. And the scripts are really funny. This was hewing too close to, yeah, like you say, like an episode of... I guess Starsky and Hutch. And I'm well, like, yeah, what is that a, experiment? Is it a, like, like let's I put all these know. comedians and, and recreate us. It's, it's not like a recation of a, an episode of the TV show. It feels like it's a little, it's an origin story. That, it's giving them it's an origin so, story. Yeah. But who gives fuck cares? Who's been dying for the origin of Starsky and Hutch? I've been, or, it's or, just only, weird. I've been dying for the origin of Hutch only, not Starsky. <laughs> the, oh, hey, the, uh, Cagney and Lacey done like this. Just a uh, little, Oh, now you're talking. That was my show. That was my show. Sharon Glass. Sharon Glass just put out an autobiography. I sat in Barnes and Noble the other day and read that thing like candy. Do you know Sharon Glass? I love that show. Sharon Glass. Co-check Angel. Tell us a little about Sharon Glass. (laughs) Did you know she was the last? Hollywood contract player. She was the last Hollywood contract player. What? Can you wow. believe it? She was a ho- the last holdover from the contract era when you were like contracted to MGM or how, contracted how to whatever. Was she? She was the five. She, <laughs> <laughs> she may I mean, have been, but like know, early, early in her career when she was on like you know, uh, early, you know before, way before Cagney Lacey when she was a young woman. She was like right. she was a contract player for whatever for Par- I don't know who MGM or somebody. But um, anyway, read Sharon anyway, Glass's wonderful sorry. autobiography instead of wasting your time with Starsky. And uh, I thought that was going to be Ben Stiller's mom. They keep talking about Ben Stiller's mom. <gasps> that, the, Hutch, yes, and I was yes, like, oh, I bet it's going to be her. like one of the Cagney and Lacey women. Like she's like that's going to be the appearance oh, at the be end. Great. But they never, that would never, be great. They never touch or on Angie it. Dickinson, exactly, yeah. something oh, perfect. like that. Yeah, that would have been perfect. <laughs> but but the movie that that does this, what we're talking about, the best that is a thing and also spoofs a thing is, is Shaun of the Dead. That's the one you have to look to, you know, because it is yes. scary. Well, something it like, is I'm going to get you sucker, where it's sort that's of That's a full-on spoof. That's, that's a full-on spoof. That's more parody, I think. That's right? a full-on parody. Think? That's like the airplane of, of those movies. You know what I mean? Right. But, that's what, but, but that's what I thought. I was like, is that what this is trying to do? Like with the big disco sequence? No, they're not and, trying to spoof it. They're not trying. Know, they're only trying to the spoof thing. it in dribs and drabs. But what I'm saying is you, you got to look at a movie like Hot Fuzz or a movie like Shaun of the Dead or yeah. like you said, in a, in a way, maybe- Maybe Charlie's Angels or maybe 21 Jump Street to go. It is the thing. And it's also belovedly, you know, lovingly spoofing the thing. That is a hard line to to walk. And this really (sighs) it's it's. I want to say it's too much of one, not enough of the other, but it's, it's actually not either. It's not either of the things. It's it. Having watched an episode right after it, I'm kind of going, I'd rather watch the show. You know, I'd rather watch the show because David Soul and Paul Michael Glazer are actually subtly, very subtly doing, d- doing some of the things that that these two are, are trying to do. But because they're because it's the 70s and because everyone's trying to be Brando, you know what I mean? They're, they're really <laughs> taking it down to, you know, the minutia and really, you know, getting in, playing their close ups with their eyes and things like that. And these two aren't kind of, you know, they don't have the opportunity to really do that in this. And right, it is right. uh, it is 
paper thin, you know, just as far as like you said earlier, the what's what are we really what what are the personal stakes here? Nothing. They don't exist. It's just and it's not even let's have a crime that they have to solve in order to get them into funny situations. They kind of do that. But where's the where is it? Where does it become? Where does their relationship change? You know, we talked about this with stir crazy, too. Does there relate? Where do we see the turn between these two don't like each other? Oh, now they like each other. Is there a definitive moment? There isn't. At least give me that. At least give me the story of these two friends. It doesn't even give you that in 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 toto. Yeah, they don't even feel extreme enough. They don't feel as uh, different enough from each other to warrant like the oh, boy, you know, like every oddball cop pairing movie, you know, from Lethal Weapon to the, this reminded me a lot of The Heat, the Sandra Bullock, Melissa McCarthy movie, which is like funny, but actually has stayed, it's much better than this, but it's, it's, uh, and it made me think like, why wasn't this, why was this even based on a TV show? Because then you have expectations that they're going to do something with that, either recreate it faithfully or flip it on its head, especially when you have actors like this. And so you're looking for like, well, what's the... What's the thing as opposed to just, oh, here's these two comic actors and they're playing cops and it's a period piece and let's see what happens. Maybe I'll be really invested in it or maybe it'll be silly or I'll go on the ride with them and see where it goes. You don't have an expectation of, well, it's going to harken back to something or it's going to have a a spin on this thing. You know what I mean? On this specific title. I, I don't know. It's very... It never achieves liftoff in any way. It just doesn't. And you think the cocaine scene is going to elevate it. It doesn't. You think that the, you know, when he thinks he's doing sugar, he's drinking sugar, but he's actually doing coke. You know, that you think that. I thought that was funny. That was a little funny. Ben Stiller was funny in that scene. No, he's good. but But like Fred said, it's not, it wasn't wholly unenjoyable to me. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just think it's, it's not recommendable because you, it never, it never achieves any of the things that it never knows what it wants to achieve. Right. And that's yeah, a big, it's, it's big, it's like I spy. Problem. Like when we saw I spy, it reminded me of I spy in some a ways little bit, yeah. where it's like, it's also with Owen Wilson. Yeah, it's not funny enough. It's not a th- right. It's not, maybe that's why maybe just because he's the, I don't know. I don't know. It just, it's I actually think it is burger. a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> the needle no. drops and the fashion are about all. That the movie has going for it. Mm. It's like it's like oh seventies music. Oh look at that sweater. Look at that nice leather jacket. Look at the pop that's about all yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. about all. It's uh, like a five. It just it's like you said. It has no no POV. It has no no point five. of view. It doesn't really have a reason to exist. It doesn't make a it doesn't make a case for itself at any point. And I'm no. like, eh. I'm yeah, like five. 2.5. I'll go right on the mi- right on the middle. Five. You're two point five. I'm two point. Oh wow! Ooh, you're very low. I'm really low. You're I very low. I was like, mm. I saw. I saw this opening night, and I saw it Ooh, on a, a date. No. I never went on a date with that woman again. Like <laughs> Starsky and Hutch ruined it all. Oh, Let's no. blame. Let's my life blame turned out them. wonderfully. My beautiful wife is here. Hi, baby. Um, <laughs> I'm happy that my life took a path. Maybe Starsky and Hutch was like my coat check angel. Maybe Starsky and Hutch was, set me on the right I'm, path by I'm not happy being you entertaining. you made the right decision, Jason. You made the right decision yeah. to go with your Kate instead of exactly. whoever you dated, whatever slag whatever. you dated right. and took to Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> right, that unenjoyable, boring, s- soggy two hours. 
like killed any, you know, chance of a second date. And it was like, all right. And then I went about my life and then I met my beautiful wife. So, so thank you, Starsky and or Hutch. Being a movie of violence, exclusion, and degradation. Similar to... Well done. He is the, the king of segues here. And That's a two-segue swing. That, look at that. Look at It is a two-segue swing because Danny got involved too. Oh, Thank delight. Delight. You. Oh, frab just day. It's <laughs> the craziest title for a movie ever. Dodgeball colon a true underdog story. 1954. A simpler time. Dodgeball is a sport of violence, exclusion, and degradation. A more innocent time. Make sure you pick the bigger, stronger kids for your team. That way, you can all gang up on the weaker ones. Oh, you're out for a dodgeball! Today, there are those who are born to be champions. Here at Globo Gym, we're better than you. And we know it! <laughs> and then... There are these guys. Boom, 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 boom. Do you know why I'm here? Now, do you mean cosmically? You have 30 days to pay off your mortgage or you lose your gym. Who would want to buy this place anyway? Oh! Okay, we can't just let Global Gym take us over. If there was any way in the world we could raise $50,000, we could play dodgeball. What the fuck are you talking about? What does about? that got to do with anything? Average Joe's gym and its owner, Peter Lafleur. Ah, the French played by Vince Vaughn, are both down on their luck. A fancy competitor called Globo Jim, run by maniacal health nut White Goodman, played by Ben Stiller, is about to put average Joes out of business unless Peter can raise $50,000 to keep his mortgage. To save the gym, Peter and a ragtag group of average Joes members and employees, including Stephen Root, Justin Long, Alan Tudyk, Christine Taylor, and their wheelchair-bound, wrench-throwing, batshit-insane mentor, played by Rip Torn, and a dodgeball contest with a big cash prize. In response, White forms his own Globo Gym team to route the competition. Dodgeball was a stealth summer hit over Father's Day weekend of 2004, taking in $30.1 million in its first three days and going on to earn a domestic total of $114.3 million and a worldwide haul of $168.4 million. Fred and Dan, what'd you boys think? Of dodgeball. Oh my God. I do remember seeing this in Nebraska with you. It was joyous. A bunch of us from Nebraska Shakes went to see it, right? It was the third movie I saw that day. I had the day off. What? I went and I saw The Terminal. Oh. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Mm. And then I went and had some barbecue with you. Yes. And then a whole group of, because I went and saw those two movies by myself. I had the day off for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I guess we all did. I, I Either we that or I just wasn't called for a rehearsal. I don't know. Mm. And then, but yeah, then went and had barbecue with you. And then we all went back to the same theater and we saw Dodgeball. And that was like, Crazy. it was a perfect day. It was Father's Day, 2004. Was it? I, I had no offspring, but I felt <laughs> like I was treated. <laughs> It was a special day for Jason. It started bad. The terminal. Oof. Then it got much better. Harry Potter 3. Very, very good. And then, oh my God, barbecue and dodgeball. And you, Dan Matisse. And me sitting there. What more could anyone ask? Cackling away. Uh, yeah, we were both at Nebraska Shakespeare Festival. We were doing Richard III and the Merry Wives of Windsor. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we. A whole, I feel like it was a ton of us that went to this There thing. were a lot of people. And it was a packed Queen theater, was there. too. Yeah. yeah. And and everybody was just going crazy for this thing. And we just 
it, the laughs just kept rolling, just rolling yeah. out of us. It is such a funny movie. You're right, Fred. It knows exactly what it wants to be. It does not have an identity crisis at all. It is, you know, um, just uh, pure, uh, just abject silliness they don't care who they offend they it is not it is it is it is uh an equal opportunity offender across all across all boards which is you know uh, it's kind of my favorite kind of comedy it is a fearless um um uh it, you know it reminds it reminds me of caddyshack reminds me of bachelor party reminded me of of a lot of other movies that's that, what it is that, it's an 80s it's an unabashed 80s yeah. it's like revenge of the nerds the, yes, even the it's fact a, it's that, a like, revenge of the nerds. You get it's Curtis Armstrong in there, you know. Yeah. I almost feel like that's a nod. It to, is, you know, you have yes. Booger himself. He is in there. That's right. He does. He does show up in a second. Yeah, and I kept thinking that's, that's got to exactly be a nod right. to the fact of because it's mm-hmm. unapologetic in that in what it's doing. Yeah. You know, like the the, the romance between Vince Vaughn and um and I'm blanking on her name now. Christine uh, Taylor. Yeah, I mean it's so paper yeah. thin, but like you don't of care. Course. Like it's now. Yeah, the, the, some of the stuff that Rip Torn says, you're just like Jesus, but. It, oh, you couldn't work. make this movie today. You, you couldn't, couldn't make t- it you today. Couldn't I kept thinking that you couldn't make it today. Half of it would have to be cut, and that's you know, yeah. Rip Torn's a genius. God, he's good. You've got to learn the five D's of dodgeball: dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. If you master the five D's, no amount of balls on earth can hit you. Quebec, go ahead. Me or yeah, um, shouldn't we like? Learned by dodging balls that are thrown at us, or? That's what this sack of wrenches is for. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. What? He's so good. Oh I remember God. you laughing so much at there's a there's a moment, there's a line he says Oh my sweet dick, it's magic. <laughs> That's my favorite. That's line. not the one. It's the, <laughs> there's a there's a, there's a moment where he like does a take, he cocks his head to the side oh, yeah. and then he and spins then the wheelchair <laughs> around. He turns the wheelchair turn. around. I remember Dan laughing at that so hysterically <laughs> in the movie theater. I mean, Kate was saying she was like, just for the line, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Like yeah. how brilliant and stupid <laughs> and and yeah. and how like, I mean, it sticks in your mind like a wrench. It sticks in your brain <laughs> and it's not going anywhere. It is one of the great stupid lines in a yep. movie comedy. And it, the movie will last forever because of that. If you can yeah. dodge a wrench, you can dodge. And the fact that he throws <laughs> wrenches at people. As a training technique, and there's nothing, it never gets unfunny watching wrenches hit oh, Justin no. Long. And they play it, it Justin Long unfunny. goes full Justin freight with that. I mean. Exactly, Fred. He plays it as if he has actually been hit by an actual <laughs> yeah, wrench. They all do. You know, yes. it's made of rubber or styrofoam or whatever, but he is so committed to this <laughs> actually so hurts the way it would hurt if you got yeah. hit by a wrench. And they hold, He's fantastic. They hold on that shot of yeah. him just screaming in agony. It's, yeah, it's really. <laughs> it's making me laugh. No. <laughs> Any other questions? Oh my god! Yeah, uh, patches. Oh. Are you sure that this is completely necessary? Uh. Necessary? Is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? No. 
But I do it anyway because it's sterile and I like the taste. There is so much good stuff of Justin Long just improvising on YouTube yeah. for, for this movie. Really? And just getting oh, hit over that. and over. First of all, there's tons of, of, of um, outtakes of him just getting hit over and over. All of them getting hit over wow. and over again by balls. <laughs> but, but, but Justin Long especially is so good at... <laughs> improvising in between each getting hit by the hit by the ball like oh that one got my lip boom and he gets hit by another one you know look up those youtube clips but there's also a hysterically funny clip of him getting ready for the cheerleading competition and there's a big guy on his right and a big guy on his left and you just see their shoulders and arms you don't see their faces and uh-huh. he is improvising for a solid 6 or 7 minutes of just him psyching himself up it is hysterical and he's talking to those guys and squeezing their their arms and telling them don't be nervous don't be nervous you know and all this stuff he's fantastic i got to do it never aired gosh darn it because a commercial with robert loggia entered aired instead i did i did a they were shooting all these apple commercials on one day on the same day and it was right when justin you did that yeah, Justin Long and John Hodgman, both hilarious, yeah. where I'm a Mac, I'm a PC. I got put into one of these commercials. Um and, and I was I was another I was another PC. I was bundled with John Hodgman and two other guys. We were wrapped yeah. in in cellophane, you know, in in uh, saran oh, wrap funny. together. It was very funny and my guy was asleep. So all I had to do was act asleep. That's all I had to do. Easiest <laughs> gig in the world. And they, those guys do one take on script and then the rest of it is just every other take after that is improvised. And they were so funny. It was so hard to keep a straight face of just this asleep computer while Justin Long especially is just riffing with John Hodgman. He's, I think he's my favorite in the movie is Justin Long. He's wow. so, so funny. And I, I gain a new appreciation for him with every new thing I see him in, whether it's this or the movie Barbarian, <laughs> which is he's so good in that. He plays a Ooh, lot of some that. prick in that. And he's so good. It's very, very good. Um, we watched he's it. He's great Jer- in everything. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's great dragged me everything. to hell. He's great oh, in that, yeah. so that yeah. diehard movie he did with Bruce Willis. He's very good in that, whichever See, he's, one that was. He's always good. And he's I, always I, good. He, he and Rip Torn, I think, are my favorite. Stephen Root, <laughs> we love him. He can do no wrong in our eyes. Everything. Alan Tudyk as the fucking pirate, Steve. <laughs> it's it's just so ridiculous. It's so weird, but it's funny. I, that was the thing. Because I didn't see this movie when it came out. Again, I was, it was, again, it lumped into those movies. I don't, who needs it? I don't need to see that. So, and when I finally saw it on cable, whenever it was, I remember being really, really surprised. You didn't by, see it in the theater? No, no. Wow, Fred. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know. I, like I said, it was just this type of movie. I, I was, at that time. And just there's so a, much out at that time. It's it just didn't hold an interest for movies. me. It just seemed like, I, well, it's not going to be good. I've seen this type of thing before. It's these same actors over and over again. I don't know. It just seemed, maybe it was the marketing, yeah. maybe the commercials turned me off. I don't remember. But when Ooh. I saw it, I remember going, oh, I like this. This is, this is, I'm surprised at how much I liked it. And I was, yeah. just remember going, but why? Why, why is he a pirate? I don't understand. <laughs> oh, it was sure. so weird to me. It was so strange and odd. Yeah. I didn't mind it. I, I just kept going, what? It's they just, just did they, was it written that way that like this guy thinks been. he's a pirate or was Alan Tudyk like, what if I just played it like a pirate? Oh, that's you know? I, like, bet, I bet maybe, literally maybe. this is the year after they probably shot this 
in like the fall of 03 or something. This quick, yeah, it had come out that summer. I bet it was (laughs) just like all of a sudden people, because people were like, Pirates of the Caribbean as a movie, ridiculous, whatever. And people made fun of it. And I bet it was just like a, I bet it just kind of came out of that. Like It feels like that kind of thing, like a response to Pirates of the Caribbean being this big thing. That's probably what it was. Yeah, that's gotta be what it was. the idea that it's like, this movie is just, yeah, the thing is, for a movie that's so like, again, I love this word ramshackle, right? It just kind of feels mm-hmm. thrown together and quick and, and silly. And I remember thinking, I was like, the production design on this, you know, we don't talk about production design a lot and the scenic design. I was like, it's fantastic. It's so good. And it's so detailed, so richly detailed. Everything about Average Joe's gym and and, and <laughs> yes. Vince Vaughn's apartment at the beginning. I love all of that. You know that it's beautiful that old stuff. Dirty answering machine. Everything <laughs> yes. about like his life. Bad dog, no grundle. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> one of his first lines in the movie. Uh, Bad dog, the movie. no grundle. Yeah. Grundle and taint both get said in this movie. <laughs> That's yes. all so good. And then and then the Globo Gym world, like the, the all that purple shiny. Then they, yeah. they call themselves the purple cobras in the end. And you feel like <laughs> purple is the dominant color in the gym. But like everything about it, yeah, the shine and the sheen of the it's Ooh. just so the movie is so well done and so well thought out in yeah, its way. It really and 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 because this is what the episode's about, really. Ben Stiller is like a rocket ship. He the, the the movie starts, and this is like my favorite kind of Ben Stiller. Like when Me he too. plays yeah. these kind of outsized characters, like the nursing home attendant in uh, is it yep. Happy Gilmore? Yes. <laughs> like he plays these right. like that's right. really wired characters where you're like, oh my yeah. god, he's just with the crazy <laughs> eyes. He's, yeah. Crazy eyes, his he's in an incredible shape, and he's and he's yeah. full, it's a full body performance too. And the, oh my <laughs> god, so the small. like the former fat kid who's like <laughs> who tortures himself to be not just thin but like a perfect machine, mm-hmm. and and the ways in which he tortures himself with food or the, the the prospect of food. There's so many great jokes. There's so many great moments that it's like yeah, it is. It's so Ben Stiller show, Fred. Jody right. loves Jachi. Yes. That's my favorite moment. So many ridiculous <laughs> moments. And the movie starts with that, like comes right yes. out of the gate with that, with an ad for Globo Gym. Yes. And like you say, it knows exactly what it is. And that's where the movie hooked. I was like, I don't know what to expect from this movie. How ridiculous. Dodgeball is a movie. Right. It hooked me with that. And then it could do no wrong after that moment. And and it does no wrong. You know, it, it really ends doesn't. with it with an ad for average Joe's. It bookends the, the whole yes, movie. Exactly. It bookends itself with that. It's wonderful. Well, because it sets it up. I mean, it's so great because you, you are, you know, in rewatching it now, I'm going, but wait a minute. I've, I'm loving it right from the start because, the, as you mentioned, that starting with that commercial with Stiller and as I mentioned earlier brought me back like that's what his old show was his old show were like little th- like that re- reminded yeah. me of something that would have been on the Stiller show on MTV mm. just like a, a quick ridiculous weird character vignette and that's what he was always doing like these crazy outsized characters so I'm the same way immediately I'm in I'm like oh this is the, this is the the Stiller sweet spot that I like we know you know the world it's, we're in because of what he's giving yeah, yeah. I'm White Goodman owner, operator, and founder of Globo Gym America Corp. And I'm here to tell you that you don't have to be stuck with what you got. Hey, Rory, looking good. Here at Globo Gym, we understand that ugliness and fatness are genetic disorders, much like baldness or necrophilia. And it's only your fault if you don't hate yourself enough to do something about it. And that's where we come in. (laughs) 
And then exactly. you get to your point with the production design, just the, um, what's this, this day, Ocho? Uh, sports, yeah, the, uh, ESPN 8, the Ocho. The, the Ocho. <laughs> I mean, they just get that. It's, it, you're going, wait, is this real? Does this, does this, does this channel actually yeah. exist? They're right. so good. <laughs> it's uh, Gary Cole and, and Jason Bateman. Oh my God. Are, they're my favorite. Wonderful they're wonderful so in it. And you just, it suddenly makes just that whole, the obscure sports quarterly just opens the door for it. And then you, between that and what still is doing in the beginning, you just accept it all. And catches O'Houlihan and then the film strip with Hank is like, that's the other thing. It's like, it's got to present dodgeball as a real sport. To me, dodgeball to me is like literally like just two kids on, uh, two kids, two lines of kids in a gymnasium, (laughs) just throwing balls at each other and just trying to hit the other person. I don't remember, there were never rules to dodgeball when I was a kid. Were there rules? To we do, play, it we was just throwing a, a ball at another kid. We and played it in a different way. We played it in a different yeah. way. You, everyone was in a circle and certain kids oh. were in the middle of the circle. And if you caught the ball, you could switch out, you know, then you were on the outside. The whole See, point so was funny. to get, when I get out. It, if you got <laughs> hit, you were out, out of the game. So it wasn't a team thing. It was everyone throw balls at the kids in the middle. It was torture. It was right, abject torture. Why they let us, it, and it was traumatizing. It truly <laughs> was. Course. I remember it very That's, that's why the practice is so funny. Like just Hilarious. watching them get pelted with the balls. But then you go and you say, oh, we found this old film this old training film with, rules. Pat, with, with, with Hank Azaria, like clearly from the 1950s. And, it's like, and there's like these very, very intricate rules for dodgeball. And so by saying like, oh, this is maybe you don't remember this, but dodgeball had these very specific rules back in 1957. And then you're like, OK, yeah, I mean, it's the movie's ridiculous. And it's you very just Simpsons, and because it works. Thing. It's very it's Simpsons. Very Simpsons. Yes. Yeah. Patches O'Houlihan! That's right, Timmy. Patches O'Houlihan! Seven-time ABAA All-Star is here to take you the rest of the way. Jeepers! Really? You betcha, champ. If you catch a ball that's thrown at you before it hits the ground, then the player who threw that ball is out, not you. Plus, another player from your team gets to come back into the game. It's a two-player swing. The writer-director is Rawson... Marshall Thurber. He yeah. wrote and directed this. And I will say the two more successful movies in this, and it's not this week, but in this episode are people who wrote and directed John Hamburg wrote and directed along. Ah, okay. It's not as strong as this movie, but I mean, there's something to be said for that. I'm sure a committee wrote Starsky and Hutch, but anyway, <laughs> Ross and Marshall Thurber, I don't know if he's written Simpsons episodes before, but it does seem like he has that. It's that, very, or if he was a Saturday night live writer, cause it does seem like it's got that Simpsons SNL yeah. vibe and it just, everything kind of hits the sweet spot. There's really almost nothing that doesn't kind of work and, and has its own internal logic as silly as it is. Like you said, like, like it's it tight. Gets it's a tight movie. <laughs> Shockingly, <laughs> shockingly tight. I love yeah. all the cameos. I love Shatner. Shatner's fantastic. He, he couldn't be bothered to wear pants. Shatner. He wears jeans. To the, to the, he's got like the sport jacket and then he's got like old jeans on. It's like he just came from his house to do his, his cameo. Chuck Norris. Hasselhoff. Like ridiculous. Hasselhoff, Hasselhoff is great. The one, that, oh, the one that ages like a fine wine though. The pivotal Lance Armstrong cameo. Oh, wow. So good. So, so good. 
<laughs> but it's just so funny. It's so cringy now in yeah. retrospect. Yeah. It's like, it, it, you know, it's like OJ running through that airport. You know, you'd be like, oh, and saving the day. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> but so it's a little weird, but it still works. Comedically, the Lance Armstrong thing still works, works yeah. in relation yeah. to what. Uh, to what me, the, 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 the moment, the scene where it really, I mean, it's very funny from start to finish. And it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, I'm not saying that it's slow in the beginning at all. Or I wasn't laughing because I absolutely was. But the moment where I feel like it, you know, we keep saying this, this liftoff where lift it really off. achieves mm-hmm. full liftoff. And you're like, all right, now a minute is their first dodgeball match against the Girl Scouts, you know, where he's like, what are we playing Boy Scouts? And the Girl Scouts come in and that's funny in itself, but you're going, is this going to keep going? And then it starts and you, it's playing that song, uh, Take It Off. And it's just, it's hysterical. And the fact that they lose, they get their asses kicked. But then, but they win. The, the, the only reason the story continues is because of this ridiculous dosing subplot with one of the Girl Scouts with oh Bernice, God. the big hairy girl Bernice. named Bernice. God damn you, Bernice. God damn you, Bernice. Line. Yeah, fantastic. And that's when you're just like, oh, okay, now we're fully in. This is just ridiculous. They lost yeah. to Girl Scouts, but they're still we're still continuing the story because one of the Girl Scouts is a Sasquatch because they took, what was it, oh like beaver God. tranquilizer or something? Yes. <laughs> something like that, yeah. Something so good. ridiculous. But what's great about Rip Torn is he understands what's funny about this. You know, he will show up in these movies like this, like Freddy Got Fingered, like a couple of other things that he shows up in, and you go, this is the Rip Torn who's also you know, a, 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 a theater legend, uh, you know, and, and is in right. many, many dramas and, you know, throughout, throughout the years. And, but he gets it. He gets what's hilarious about the fact that it's Rip Torn playing this part. Like he, it is self-reflexive in that way. He's so fun. Maybe he's my favorite. I, I go, I go, I go uh-huh. keep going back and forth between, between uh, Justin Long and Rip Torn, but you know, you got to hand it to Stiller because like you said before, that's still that, my favorite. He, in that. That he is, puts you so in good. the world of what this is and he is so uber committed to this thing. And, uh, his little I, laugh I that he does when he's, when he's trying to make jokes <laughs> to impress, oh God. he does it like that. <laughs> it's a little sort of a high pitched laugh. It's so he's, good. He's the comedic locomotive of this. I mean, Vince Vaughn's the heart of it. And then this, I mean, it's so good. This performance is so good. And then it allow, and it starts right from the get go. And then it allows all the other crazy that follows. And what were you going to say? It sets it up. No, it, it totally sets it up. No, I was just going to say the movie also leans into a, probably another thing you couldn't go, you couldn't do today. The, the homoeroticism. A homoeroticism. And it leans so heavily into that from the first moment that Michelle is behind him. Oh my God. Trying to get him to lift, oh, the, right. lift the weights. And it like, looks oh like God, they are he's having entering sex. him. He is yeah, absolutely it looks like he's, him. And, and that theme gets carried all the way, all the way through this of the, of the homoerotic nature of what it is the global gym does right. and what Ben Ben Stiller and and the painting and all of the and the and the all pumping of up it. of the crotch and, the, and, and the, all of it and the statues oh the, the statue, sculptures yeah. and the God. and then also the the and the and the fat phobia I gotta say like when we yeah. saw it in the movie theater on opening night we stayed through the credits and you see that and Ben Stiller in that <laughs> fat suit and singing milkshake with <laughs> like playing with his breasts and it blew your mind. I remember we were like, I was like, well that it, fe- you could, I could feel the words instant classic materializing in front of the screen <laughs> as we're watching it because it was so, it was such a ludicrous, ludicrous <laughs> over the top <laughs> grotesque ending 
And oh. I was like, well, that's it. This is com- this is comedy history right here. I don't know. You put it's it on very... a shelf next to Bachelor Party and Caddyshack and maybe, so. maybe Meatballs uh, and things like that. And you, you, you. Well, it is very much of the really enjoyment. But yeah, like, can we, like, because we enjoy, like, we watch it, we enjoy it still. But with somebody who's never seen it before or a younger person now in the current climate. There you go. You'd have to set it, it up and enjoy it in the same way. Yeah. yeah. How, you would, they would you not know, enjoy like, it in the same way. They would not, no, but you'd, you'd no. have to set it up in a way of like, okay, remember family guy and how wrong, how much you watched family guy. Cause your dad <laughs> right. watched it or your mom and you went, Oh, that's so wrong. Think of that. You know, blazing saddles might be yeah. some of the jokes in there might be in the same. You'd have to set it up for a young person. And go, this is going to be a movie that's going to go to the wrong place and for for comedy's sake. Which is sort of sad that you have to do that. It's incredibly sad that you have to do that. I think it's really sad that that needs to be done because, again, I don't know, maybe I'll get in trouble. It was refreshing. It was refreshing to me to be able to to see that awful, cringeworthy humor unabashed and not in it, it, it didn't seem. I don't know. It didn't seem cruel or mean because of who it was coming from. It was this particular character, you know, and yes. it, it, it fit into the world of, of exactly. that's what dodgeball is. I mean, they say it right from the start. This is a game of violence, exclusion and degradation. This game <laughs> was made to fucking humiliate people. That's the You're whole right. point. And at this You're time, right. too, something point that I, I wanted to mention earlier, I think another thing that, that, that this held on to, there was a sort of the zeitgeist of like the X Games of it was like taking these sports that people never really thought of before. Even like the fact that like, you know, extreme sports like skateboarding and 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 uh, and snowboarding, you know, for many, many years when we were kids, those were not considered professional sports. Now, no. of course they are, you know, and they're in right. the Olympics. And the it was games, it was yeah. this period yeah. of all these sports suddenly coming. It's like now people go, well, pickleball, what the fuck is pickleball? Pickleball <laughs> is gaining steam. That, it, 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 it mm-hmm. felt like it was sort of grasping onto that zeitgeist as well as like, what ridiculous sport that we know, everyone, if you've grown up in America, you know what? Do- you played dodgeball at least yeah. once in your life, and and chances are you probably fucking hated it. And if you didn't yeah. hate it, it was because you were one of the fucking lunkheads that were like, yeah, you were a bully. yeah. Which, you were a bully, you know. Yeah. So that's the other thing that's so brilliant about this movie. When it does that, it's just taking this this game that is meant to degrade and humiliate, mm-hmm. you know, and putting it up on a. You know, quote, you know, somewhat of a pedestal and say, yeah, right. these are the type of people that would be the coaches of that, you know? So <laughs> yeah. it, you sort of, you forgive it, it all. You, it, you, I, I took a lot of, I found so much joy in it watching it going, oh, yes, this is, that's what it needs to be. It needs to be wrong. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard and they're like, it's better than yours. Damn right. It's better than yours. I can teach you. I'm 8.75. I'm going to go above my Along Came Polly. I'm going to go 9.9 on this. I'm going to give it a 9 too, which I'm surprised. I'm going to go up to 9. I thought about 9. I'm going to do it. If you guys are all on 9, I'm going to knock it up to 9. Yeah. 
That's so good. Oh, yeah. It's so fun. That's so, a three-player so swing. That's right. That's a three-player swing. Oh, my God. That Gary goes down like a sweet muffin. <laughs> <laughs> that was an amazing say, line. Makes no Jason sense. Bateman, Jason Bateman gets all the love as the, you know, because he's the, the Fred Willardy uh, <laughs> yes. character, Gary like the, is, the sportscaster. He's so Can good. Gary Cole right you is masterful. He really he is. is. It's he like, he's it. so... Goddamn good. Yeah. It's like he could be an actual sports announcer. He right. is. I was going to say he's like a Phil Hartman kind of like yeah. comic talent, which yes. he is. But he also is a great dramatic actor. I mean, Gary Cole is like a guy who can literally do anything you yep. put in front of him. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. And he's I, I've always the, the Jason Bateman stuff is the is the stuff that you always remember. But then watching it again, I'm like, <laughs> my God, what Gary Cole is doing and how brilliantly he's doing it. No, just, if, <laughs> because if it were if he, if Gary Cole wasn't doing what he was doing, the Jason Bateman stuff wouldn't work at all. Because I remember exactly. the, the first time I did see yeah, this movie. Exactly. Thinking, the, yeah. The first time I saw this movie, my first thought was. Oh, I haven't seen Jason Bateman in a long time. I just haven't seen him <laughs> around. And I thought, right. is this is this silly? Is he is he going is it, is it like desperate what he's doing? But it works. As it goes on, you sort of see you're like, "Oh, okay. I I know who he is. I know what he's doing." <laughs> yeah. But you have to have he's got to be able to bounce that off of uh what Gary Cole is doing. And they 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 work great together. Well, yeah. and I remember yeah. at the time when we watched it, Jason, we we were a little surprised that it was Jason Bateman. Because he wasn't Ozark yet. He wasn't. Um, he was Arrested Development. He was though, Arrested he Development. Was in the midst, yeah, true. He was right. in the midst of that. But that wasn't that. widely watched. No, I didn't no watch he that was starting years to make later. his way back into the popular culture again. Right. I, I, this, I think the people role, who were in the know knew like, oh, how fucking funny he was exactly. from Arrested Development. But it was still very under the radar. You're right. It was this surprising role, to see him. In this rep company, this role would have probably gone to a Luke Wilson or or somebody like that. You know what I mean? You can oh, see yeah. him yeah. playing yeah. that part. But but man, thank God for him. Thank God for the two of them. That they they the last or third Owen of this Wilson. movie. Owen Wilson. Either you one. Thinking Luke no, or? I could yeah, see Luke yeah, yeah. Wilson doing it, but yeah. I yeah. could see a Luke doing it, but but uh um I I think uh you know, just their interplay is very vaudevillian and I just every time Gary Cole goes. Right you are. He does the perfect pause before <laughs> saying it. His eyes kind of go a little wonky, like, did I hear yeah. what I just thought I heard? Okay, I got to keep going. Right you are. And he just keeps He's going. spectacular. Right. Unbelievable! Ladies and gentlemen, I have been to the Great Wall of China. I have seen the pyramids of Egypt. I've even witnessed a grown man satisfy a camel. But never in all my years as a sportscaster have I witnessed something as improbable, as impossible as what we've witnessed here today. So well, good. Another try nine on the podcast. We've oh, the try nine. A handful oh. of try nines. Damon can tell us what other movies were our try nines. Um, Thank you, Damon. Fantastic. That was Stiller Palooza 04, everybody. Yay. Hooray. Uh, so I Fantastic. just want to, we got, we got a really nice letter from a new listener um, by the name of Mark McGee that um, I just wanted to give a shout out. He said, he recently did, I recently discovered your opening weekend podcast. I just want to let you know how much I enjoy it. I've listened to many movie review podcasts throughout the years and found a good number entertaining, but I really found a kinship with you guys. Did I go too far? You did, Mark. No, not at all. <laughs> um, no, I think you partly can be because, a bar buddy. Yeah. You're our little buddy. <laughs> Uh, he says, I think partly because I'm close in age to you three, 
in our twenties. Yeah. We're all in our, in our mid twenties. Yes. Um, Hot he said, virile 25 <laughs> <laughs> um, It's very refreshing to hear about your memories that are similar to mine about the films and the times they were released. So many podcasts these days are hosted by a much younger generation. It's always been frustrating to listen to a film centered show where the hosts don't have a large knowledge of film in general. I also love that you three have theater backgrounds that adds so much to your analysis of the film. Uh, he says another aspect I love about your show is that your goal is not just to bash films, except if you're Dan. Um, no, he didn't say wait, that. I'm wait, saying what? That. No. what? I'm kidding. Avatar point five. Avatar <laughs> point. There's a sweetness five. to each episode, and you all honestly express your love for a film, whether it's a beloved classic or a much aligned flop. A couple of recent episodes made me a bit misty after hearing your reflections, and I also laughed out loud many times to a perfect combination. Anyway, I'm probably mm. rambling, but I'm truly delighted to have found your show and look forward to each new episode. Keep up the great work. Happy holidays. Regards, Mark McGee. Thank Yay. you so much. Thank Mark. you, what Mark. What a nice, nice letter. Thank you, Mark. Such a such a lovely. That was like a, we got that right around right a little before the holidays, and that was a lovely that was a lovely holiday gift. I can't speak. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Opening Weekend. We'll see you towards the end of the month with a look back at January thirty first, nineteen eighty six, and three of that weekend's largest releases: Murphy's Romance, starring Sally Field and James Garner. Huge. Huge hit. I don't know. I can't remember how it did. I don't know if it's a huge release. What am I talking about? The Best of Times, starring Robin Williams and Kurt Russell, which came up uh, briefly in our conversation with Dave Itzkoff. Uh, And the movie that brought two of your favorite Arthropod Squad members together for the very first time. Maybe. I have no idea. Maybe they did lots of movies together. I don't research. I don't research. But Nick Nolte and Richard Dreyfus in Down and Out in Beverly Hills, also starring Bette Midler. That's a movie I saw in the theaters. I think it was one of my first rated R movies in the theaters. Um, That's coming up uh, towards the end of the month or so. You'll find out. Well, you'll know when you're listening. You'll be like, "Mm, I don't know. It's like April now. No, that's coming. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's going to come up somewhere around the end of the month on opening weekend. Dan. What you got for us? I think we got to do a little red rubber ball in honor of Dodgeball. <laughs> shows up briefly. Shows up briefly in the movie. Are there any right. other songs? Is there anything milkshake. from Starsky The only one I could think of is Milkshake. <laughs> I don't even know how to. I know it starts like this. What's red rubber ball? I don't know yeah, red rubber ball. Ba-ba, ba-ba, ding, 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 and I think it's going to be all right. That the west is over now. The morning sun is rising like a red rubber ball. It's from Never the heard that song in my entire I life. That's in Dodgeball. It. it shows up in Dodgeball for a half oh, for, a hot, for a hot second. But if, if there's something better from Starsky and Hutch or from a long time, no. is there? You look it up. Friend. I don't think so. We can. I can take requests. I, I was you know I can like, do requests. I know, but I was thinking. I was like, what is the iconic piece of music from this uh, from the, for this episode with these Stiller movies and I don't know I think Red Rubber Ball sounds fantastic let's hear it just because just because Fred and I don't know something <laughs> doesn't mean Jack or Squat <laughs> doesn't mean so Starsky or Hutch <laughs> Tango or Cash <laughs> Cagney or Lacey well let's ask the Kojak Angel what song should I do Kojak Angel <laughs> well as much as I'd like to hear Milkshake I think you should go with Red Rubber Ball. Thank you, Coach Check Angel. Well, whatever she says is. Uh, Tell Robert we'd Lozier be, we'd we be said fools. Hello. We'd be fools not to listen to the Coach Check Angel. Yeah, exactly. As always. All right, here we go. 
Uh, wait, how does it start? Okay, here we go. We don't know. Okay, tuning up. Here we go. My sweet dick, it's magic. <laughs> All right, I'll try to do milkshake. All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, it's too fast. I fell apart. Fine. Oh my god, I could picture Ben Stiller making the noise with it's and farting. His pecs. And yeah, and uh, yeah, who knows where the sound's coming from? That is beautiful, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, uh, new listener, Mark. Thank you, Coat Check Angel and the whole gang here, here at Opening Weekend. We'll see you next time. The Opening Weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening.